you're listening to rpm's fourth and final episode for this academic year i am joy and today i am joined by my fellow member of the advocacy team costas we are interviewing amar who is an engineer and is a yemeni refugee in the skin and refugee camp here in Denmark. in this interview he talks about the challenges of living in this camp he also reveals how rpm has helped refugees but also about how both rpm and the local community can improve their efforts he then reveals the differences between how the media, governments, and the everyday person handles refugees from different countries, raising questions uh, if there are double standards between Ukrainian refugees and refugees from both Africa and Asia. Finally, Ammar discusses his personal journey coming from Yemen and the current status of his home country. I would like to start with uh, Ammar. Would you like to first introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Ammar. I came from Yemen. Uh, I came to Netherlands on 4th October. Currently I'm living in Schilling in the tent. And you are a volunteer at RPM? Yeah, I'm a volunteer. I have uh, three projects. I'm a part of uh, Sukar Starts, Maastricht, and I'm uh, part of uh, English team. Mm-hmm. And you... And you said you were also um, like a contact person in Skinen? Yeah, in Skinen, uh, I'm like, I have two uh, projects. One is like translator, translation yeah. as a translator. Yeah. So the other uh, project is uh, representatives of, of one of the tents over there. Okay. Yeah. We wanted to bring some attention uh, specifically on Skinen because um there has not been much media coverage i think on the situation there and i think even many people don't know that there is a camp so how is the situation there how is it before i i arrived it was not the, uh, no tents so we started to prepare a tents with the basic facil- uh, facilities you did that yourself or the persons responsible yeah, the persons are responsible. And what did you think about it? And you said there are some improvements now. Yeah, so in the beginning, like we like we have a challenges uh, because it's like the emergency camps or temporary emergency camps. camps emergency yeah. camps and uh, like in the beginning, there is no school. School. Yeah, there is no kitchen, Wi-Fi. Oh. And this was in two thousand and twenty. Twenty-one last year. Ah, this was la- since last year. Yeah, this since camp. Last, yeah, this camp. Okay. The the camp like uh, started from early, I think early November. If we ask, if we talk about the challenges over there, what the families are complaining, and in the winter, yes, it was very cold. Not like nowadays. Yeah. So uh, they were like complaining about the, the heater and about the situation in the tents and. Uh, as you know, in the tenth, uh, we have like uh, in the, uh, separate room, and every rooms have eight members, and it's not easy to to live with seven members around you in in, in mm-hmm. one room. So like we have challenges, you cannot sleep well, and sometimes we find challenges for uh, for those who are smoking. Mm. Sometimes they they slips the smokes in the tents. So yeah. the other challenge is it's about the food. Mm. Yeah, because 
in the camp, I think they have like contract with uh, one company. It's called Umami. Okay. And the food is Umami. Yeah. And the food is not appropriate for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we had like uh, many conversations with Kuwa that people are complaining about the foods and. Mm-hmm. As you heard a few weeks later from our accommodation, people did uh, hunger strike. I don't know if you mm. heard about it. No. Hunger strike, it was for two days. Okay. So then the, the managers over there decide to uh, provide uh, money for people that they can buy uh, things from market and yeah, mm-hmm. and to keep one meal, one meal a day. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it's till now. So it's still happening. It's still happening till now. So you have like uh, 31.92 uh, euros a week for two meal, and you have uh, one meal for d- uh, dinner. Okay. Uh, and it's still, it's still going till now. The managers promises that they, they're gonna like provide a kitchen for those they are interested to cook. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, till now, it's not there. How many people are there now? Uh, we are around four four hundred. Yeah, because normally uh, free week we get people are get transfer. People are getting their uh, like uh, decision or IND yeah, second so IND. So normally they have to send him to the uh, permanent camp. Yeah. Then two months ago we started to go to school. As I, t- as I told you from the beginning, the, the situation started worse, then a little bit improved. So we started to go to school. But the healthcare over there, cannot say it's get improved because still the people are over there, they are complaining about the health healthcare because they have basic healthcare. So normally when you have a serious health issue, they're going to send you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, only your paracetamol. <laughs> Okay, so these are all the things that people complain about that they wish would Actually, yeah, there is many things like uh, clothes. Yeah, clothes. There is no sufficient clothes for men. For women, uh, there uh, there is a lot of donation Uh they gave for women. And yeah, I think for women it's sufficient for them, but for men... Uh, still, still, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Also, the people are not happy to. You don't have like privacy, you mm-hmm. know, when you. Uh, because you all lived together. Like we are living together, together, eight members, mm-hmm. seven members. So mm-hmm. always people are complaining about their privacy because even there is no door. No door. No door. And uh, how can I ask you how the tents look like? It's like a room and it's separated. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the 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 wall. It's from from wood. From wood. From wood. Okay. Yeah. So if you knock like this, your neighbor can. Yeah. yeah. If you talk to your friend more loudly, so your neighbor will listen to yeah. the whole conversation. So yeah. that's why uh, people are complaining. There is no privacy. Yeah. What kind of heating did they provide in the uh, winter? They provide like one heater for each tent, and sometimes the heater is not, uh, I mean, enough for the whole tent. The, te- the temperature was down, and yeah, we had like people are sometimes complain. Yeah. But not uh, from all the tents, because uh, some tents they have two heaters, mm-hmm. while the other tent, because 
the whole thing is three tens. Three tens. Three, tens. three big tens and three divided tens. in. Divided in. Yeah. And then in total you are about 400, you said? 350, 400, yeah, it's mm. around, yeah. So there's, there's this building that they will be able to access in May and that they will start to move people there starting from people who came first and then families, then people who have very bad medical issues. But not everyone will be able to go in there because there's not enough place. Mm. Um, well, thank you for you know, giving us this um, testimony about how it is there. Um, do you want to add something? Yeah, uh, yeah, about the food. Yeah, because there is no, like, uh, as we as we told in the beginning, we provide like food from from a company, mm -hmm. and the food it's not appropriate for everyone because you know some food we have like sugar and you know people they almost of people they, they came from middle east and they have like a difference yeah different diet yeah so uh, like there is many dishes they cannot eat it because it's like more sugar in it like oh uh, if someone has diabetes so yeah course, it's yeah. it's gonna be like so that terrible. doesn't it's not taken into account yeah so yeah and uh, even when we, oh, they say, okay, we're gonna provide money for you guys, and then you can buy things from mm -hmm. the market. Then, but at the same time, you cannot cook because there is no kitchen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, see, the situation it become also worse. The families. So it's been difficult. Yeah, it's been difficult to them. So, we now like we're trying to do their best, but. The situation is uh, for those they have like a medical issue yeah. for kids. Yes, yeah. it's uh, it's difficult. Maybe this is a difficult question, but do you think uh, the government could have done something more? Well, you know the government nowadays. I know they have a lot of things like Ukraine. Uh, we heard like uh, more than twenty thousands Europeans came to Netherlands mm -hmm. and sell uh, twenty six thousand. Refugees from last year, and they still looking for, I mean, for, for houses for mm. them. I, we know the situation is very bad. Yeah. So the the government, they are working. They are trying to do their best, but uh, I mean, for those at least for those they are staying in the tenth. Mm -hmm. From, from my own uh, personal opinion, if they have like priority. Priority. Suppose if you if you are if you are living in a, like a, a temporary uh, permanent tenth. Mm -hmm. In a warm place, you have kitchen, you have these things, and you are waiting for your procedure. While there is refugees, there is children, there is families, there is like people. They have medical issues. They have. Uh, they are waiting in the tent. Mm -hmm. So if the government do some priorities for these people, they are living in the tents. I think it's the good things that can do. Uh, yeah. yeah, for them. Um, we, I think we can also connect it with, uh, apart from the government, maybe mm -hmm. if you think that uh, the local community could uh, like do something uh, or if you could ask something, you know, yeah. maybe it's Maastricht, but also other uh, local areas, what do you do, ask them, you know, because you said like there are, uh, you need more donations, for example, for men clothing, yeah. but do you also think there are other stuff that the uh, community could help you with? if you could ask them for something? 
Yeah, the community could do something for refugees, like uh, if we can provide like a capital for those they are interested to learn Dutch language. Mm. For those, as you said, uh, they need like clothes. For those, they need, yeah, I think capital and clothes and yeah, because food it's not allowed as I know to like bring food from outside from yeah because they are wondering if the food that's one it's good or not so mm-hmm. yeah okay. it should be like officially from Kuwa or something like that there is a refugees they are feeling homeless mm-hmm. so when you at least come and try talk to them so they will feel happy mm-hmm. so what you need something like that so so okay. you would like for the local community to show up more yeah yeah, I think it's important. Like yeah, if you feel yeah. like people are welcoming yeah. you, you feel yeah. yeah. That that's we feel like we are uh, because we are living nowadays. We're living without families. You know, mm-hmm. imagine the person who is living mm-hmm. without families, without. So when you say we are your family, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah they, they feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. They they all not feel they are isolated. Mm-hmm. So, so the community, it's a good thing because when you like uh, waiting more than five months, maybe it goes more than six months isolated, mm-hmm. so it's not easy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel like the more like the more you are isolated from the community, the more you close yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. even if help comes, you're like, okay, now now we are we have formed our own community. Like mm-hmm. I feel you. You get even more isolated in your mind, like yeah. okay, no, they're not helping me so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So RPM is one of those organizations that tries to um, build bridges between the communities. Do you think there is something that we could do better? I think if our RPM could like uh, try to, how I can see, send like talk in behalf of these people. Mm-hmm. So these people. Almost of them, they, they cannot talk, they don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. so they are new, so they cannot talk about their problems, what they need, what the challenges they are like uh, forcing. So if RBM try to at least try to meet these people and yes, see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think from my yeah, side, it's, it's mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's better to, to uh, I mean, to listen from media or from one of the VKs or from the Kuwa itself there. Mm. So, yeah, because everyone is trying to do his best over there. Yeah. I think also, like, yeah. it's, this is also bridge, I feel, because you are giving a more real uh, yeah. opinion of what's happening yeah. there. Everybody could read an article, but now it's more direct. You know, you are a person, you have your story. Yeah. So, I feel it's more real. Like, it's when people speak and I feel RPM uh, could work towards that, you know, to bring people. I think I think also there is a language, you said, uh, the body, yeah, because some yeah. people uh, can't speak the language, but it's nice that they can bring it to you also, yeah, you speak yeah. English. Yeah. yeah, and you know, uh, since I like uh, work with RPM, then we talk with uh, Nathalie, that's if we can like provide, uh, invite people or mm. I mean, Dutch language and English. Yeah. So we started to, I mean, communicate with people of it for those they are interesting. So it's mm. a good thing that we yeah. that RBM did for mm. the figures of our mm. area. So having that contact is good 
but it improves, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. And but I now that I hear there are four hundred people there, um, I mean, not everyone can come and have a an English cafe or like so. How how could we like make it so that we include as many people as possible? If we uh, provide um, uh, volunteers there and uh, try to invite people, because via online it's okay, but people uh, they prefer face to face, you know, mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. So if there is like a classes over there and well, yeah, we cannot see all the people gonna be, be interested in you at least, you know, half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it possible to organize things like that there? Yeah, if we like uh, communicate, uh, I mean, contact with 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 Kua over there and see, hey, uh, there is a volunteer are mm-hmm. uh, happy to to do something for people here for those the interesting to learn English or this Dutch as well. So uh, yes. yeah, I think it's a good idea and and if RBM. Uh, uh, say okay if if they have, they can like find a donation for the, for those the the I mean they need like clothes so, mm-hmm. yeah to have more calls for donations yeah. there yeah. yeah yes yeah also there is a families you know also they need uh, some things for their babies as I heard last yeah. time so if our so could there is do, a need okay. yeah there is a need okay. yeah so I hope if we can do something. Yeah. All right. So um, maybe one last thing we would like to ask you is if you have seen any double standards uh, in Europe in regards to how refugees are being treated or what has been your perception, your experience around this? Yeah, from my own uh, opinion, like we heard uh, uh, when I came to Netherlands, yeah, we heard people are talking about refugees, Syrian, Iraqis. And uh, we didn't hear people uh, talking about Yemenis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope if, like, uh, we if I have chance to let people to know what's going on in Yemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the situation in Yemen it's the similar as Iraq as uh, mm-hmm. Syria. While nobody talk about Yemen. Yeah. So as Yemenis, so we feel, uh, yeah, disappointed because we don't know. We don't maybe because we don't have like. Uh, a good media that's to announce our problems mm. to the world that's we have we need help so mm-hmm. uh, the other things yeah we heard from many people that's uh, when Ukraine came and like it was uh, in the media so every everyone were talking about Ukraine 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 so and in the other hands nobody talk like mm. we cannot say nobody but I mean, uh, the consideration, we feel it's a little bit... If you compare it, yeah. If yeah, you compare yeah, it, yeah. little bit, yeah, there is like... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the situation in Ukraine, it's very bad. We we, we wish from our hearts that they're gonna like... Uh, it will be like safe as soon as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. when we like listen from people that's... Uh, they're like... Uh, Ukraine are different and Iraqis, Yemenis are different. So now we said we are in Holland, we are in Netherlands. Mm-hmm. We came here because we know it's uh, one of the best countries for human rights. Mm-hmm. So 
it's not true that if they, if they prefer or they say Ukraine or something like that. Mm. Yeah, but really we heard it much uh, from people. Yeah. You want for everyone to have the same and the this, best. Yeah, treatment. and I hope if if we can like uh, send our mm. message to everyone to know yeah. what's going in Yemen. And yes. Yeah. This is more like a personal question. So. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, like, uh, what was your uh, journey from uh, Yemen? What, which countries did you pass? Like, uh, you go from uh, Turkey, did you go to Greece? Because uh, I'm also wondering what's happening in... Because uh, I come from Greece and there are hotspots there. And I'm wondering if you go uh, went through these countries, what was your uh, experience too? Uh, or what journey did you did? did yeah, you? Uh, yeah, I was in, in Malaysia. Okay. So I didn't come from Yemen mm. because I couldn't come back Yemen because of the war mm. and the airport is closed. So, okay. so that's why uh, I was waiting for a long time to come back by Yemen, but I couldn't come back mm. Yemen and it's not safe if I come back Yemen. Okay, so, so you didn't take the normal route? Then? Yeah, okay. I, I couldn't mm. come back. You Yemen. just couldn't return to Yeah, the, uh, I couldn't re- return Yemen because of the situation. It, it started like from... 2014, mm-hmm. yeah, and it goes worse from 2019, mm. Mm. worse and worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. that's why not only me, uh, all the Yemenis, those they are living in Turkish, in Malaysia, and in USA. Some people they came back to Yemen, and uh, also like two of them like were like my, f- uh, from my uh, close friends. Mm. One of them he get caught in Aden. And it was published in, in the media. So he came from USA. He wanted to come back to see his family and he get called by in the South. Because uh, the situation, how I can see, the security is very low. There is no security. There is no security. And that's why it's easy when you, when you come back. Yemen, it's not safe for you. Yeah. Like while, while you are Yemeni or mm. tourism, it's not safe. The state is not really functioning there. It's not really functioning, yeah. yeah. Okay. I understand. I remember also from like what we uh, spoke with uh, Mohammed, and he also brought out of awareness and he sent us some really good sources about what's happening uh, for every year, like all the events. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I can I can see. Maybe yeah, Mohammed uh, talk to you when like when we go and talk uh, to the people in the beginning they thought we are from Syria. Then when we talk, we are Yemenis, they say, yeah. oh, Yemenis, where is Yemen? So we feel disappointed because yes. nobody knows about uh, Yemen, yeah. about the war in Yemen. Why, like, there is, uh, as UNICEF said, there is like a million children in Yemen. Mm. They need food, more than a million. They are starving, yeah. They are surviving. And there is more than 25 million uh, in Yemen. They are like, gonna, how I can see there. They are, uh, I don't have the words, but they, they don't have like... Under uh, the line of poverty. Under the line of... Uh, yeah. Poverty, yes. Poverty. Yes, yes. So these numbers, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, uh, it's very hard in only edit and in the same time, and see people and not, they don't know what's going in Yemen. Mm. Well, I hope um, we can, with our little um, reach, we can uh, reach as many people as we can and maybe more people will be aware about the situation in Yemen. But of course, that's not going to change, unfortunately, too much unless governments also get involved and try to send more help there. But I think it's good we're doing our part 
in in seeing what is happening mm. and sharing. Yeah, I hope. I hope if we can like, like as a person that I can, uh, my language is not that much perfect, but I can uh, send my music to to people to explain what's going yeah. in Yemen, how, like how the Yemenis are like uh, uh, challenging or uh, surviving. Yeah, I, I can say from from the. I have to be like thankful for community and for governments. I am like six months here in Netherlands. I have like if I want to see something, it's like I'm like so grateful for for a government, then for community, for for what they did for Yemenis, for Syrian, for Arabs, or so yeah. Because mm. I am a part of like for, uh, one of them, so in behalf of them, we now like. Uh, a lot of a lot of people, let's see, like thousands of people are working mm. uh, much hours for refugees, so we cannot ignore the, their mm. efforts. Yes. So, in behalf of uh, all these people that I talk in behalf of them, I would like to thank people those they work hard while in Kua or in VPN mm. or in Road Cross and RBM as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. No, thank you so much for saying that. We want to especially thank Amar for opening up and sharing his life with us and thank you all very much for listening. If you are interested in knowing more about the double standards on how refugees are treated in Europe, you can also read our article, The Role of Civil Societies in Europe, the EU Double Standards Between the 2015 Refugee Crisis and the Ukrainian War.